listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. Hey everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast. This is session number 30, the big 3-0. I am joined always here by my co-host and OJ and Adam. Gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Glad to be back and can't believe we're already up to 30. Wow, we're getting so old here. <laughs> it's, it's, it it yeah, is a little nuts. True, true. Um, you know, and it, it was actually funny. So I was taking a look at it uh, from our prior sessions because I got kind of curious. Uh, we started at the November of last year in 2022, uh, uh, the very beginning of it. So we are actually pretty darn close to being a year into uh, doing the podcast. It's kind of nuts. Wow. Uh, eight eight months. <laughs> yeah. But it's been a lot of fun, honestly. I enjoy to it, right? I mean, it's crazy, you know, and it's, uh, I, I enjoy the hell out of it. It's so much fun to do and, and to talk sports with you guys. So uh, just say almost a year for our anniversary. Maybe we'll have a big shindig for that one. Probably not, but you know, hey, maybe balloons. I'm, I'm, I'm ex- I'll, I'll get a I'm party ex- blower for the listeners. <laughs> I'm ex- yeah, wait, yeah. what? All right, guys. Know. Well, let's go ahead. I'm sorry. I assume he meant, you know, something else. <laughs> I did too, but I heard oh, something. Oh, and- no, 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 no. Ah, no, party blower, man. Come on, like the thing, you know. The, the, the oh, stereotypical thing that people use. Yeah, sorry. Like, get your mind out of yeah. the door. Yeah, well, whenever I think of that a party blower, I well, all right, let's just go ahead and move on. <laughs> yeah, you think it's like very different. I was like, wow, it sounds like an awesome party. party. <laughs> like, oh. I I got to Google this now, but because you like, OJ, you got me thinking <laughs> party blower. Like, I not safe for work. <laughs> Well, the first thing you said it because that's how I think of those things too because I don't know what you call them. <laughs> yeah. And then apparently my mind went straight to the gutter. All right, well. well yeah. <laughs> so, Wait to start session thirty here. <laughs> man. Oh man. All right. Uh oh. So, Jordan. Party Walker. blowers. For, party blowers for all. What was that, OJ? <laughs> Jordan Walker two run home run. What's up? All right. I was gonna say Jordan oh. Walker deserves a party blower for that. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my girlfriend is my girlfriend has had 37 party blowers in a row. In a row. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's get to uh let's get to some Cardinals baseball here. Speaking of Jordan Walker, so Cardinals are up right now, right, OJ? I don't have the game up, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy. So uh, all of a sudden we're on this run. So just a little bit of an update for the listeners. The Cardinals are now 43 and 53. Yes, they're still 10 games uh, under 500, but they are a lot better than what they've been doing. Uh, they're still 10 and a half games back at the Central, nine games back out for the last wild card spot. However, they've won five in a row and eight out of their last 10. Uh, or, uh, yeah, eight out of the last 10. They're eight and two of their last 10. Uh, in that last 10, they swept the Marlins. Uh, they went two and three against the Nationals, which I would hope so against the Nationals. And we went two and three against the White Sox, which are kind of like average this year at best or below average. Uh, but the Marlins have not been doing terrible either this season. So, guys, you know, first and foremost, what, what's our general thoughts here of, you know, this recent surge? I mean, it's kind of crazy that all of a sudden this is starting to happen for us, right? 
Well, yeah, but we've done this before, you know. I mean, we've kind of gone through like these little like, oh, there's a glimmer of hope. Things are finally working out. And like for a, about a week, maybe a couple at most, and then we just kind of go back to the same old shit. I mean, so as exciting as it is, I'm not getting my hopes up because we go through these little streaks and they don't last long. So I, I, maybe OJ, since he is Mr. Optimistic, maybe he'll have a different spin on it. But <laughs> for me, I'm not really looking too deeply into this because like I said, I, I we're so far out at this point. I don't think that we have a shot in hell, but yeah. Anyway. So OJ, what's your feeling? We're, on it? we're not, I mean, we're like 10 games back, you know, <laughs> and we're yeah. past the, yeah. the, you know, the all-star break at this point. So and we have to go. What was it? What did we say before? Like, uh, like damn near 700. We're gonna have to win every series out, basically, it from was, this point uh, forward. 60, yeah, 68 percent. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the likelihood of that happening are slim to none. But hey, I'll enjoy a, a few wins here and there, though. So I'm not bitching. But anyway. Yeah. Okay. What's your thoughts? Yeah. Sorry. Well. I don't have the pitching to go on long streaks because, you know, the reason they're going on a streak right now is because the pitching's working. But all it's going to take is for some of the bullpen guys to start blowing up again. <laughs> yeah. Go right back to the slump. So <clears throat> it's definitely a little early to be getting too excited, but it has been fun to watch them actually win some games. So I'm enjoying it. And, it. and really, it's fun to watch the uh, young guys that they brought up that all seem to be performing pretty well. Like Gorman's mm-hmm. starting to heat back up again. So it looks mm-hmm. like he's not just, you know, a flash in the pan, hopefully. Jordan Walker's killing it since they called him back up. I mean, his defense still needs work, but he actually is hitting really well. And yeah. uh, <clears throat> Yvonne Herrera all of a sudden yes. looks like maybe catcher of the future so i we got some pieces the guy we thought he was going to be yeah (laughs) and let's face it i don't think that this recent church surge it's going to be changing most you know like plans with the you know with the trade like that trade deadline coming no because i think that's it's yeah yeah, go ahead yeah no i was just gonna say too both of your guys's points here it's we need pitching um even this recent surge the two things that I see is uh, OJ, as you pointed up, it's different in young, like younger people stepping up. It's a different person every night. It seems right. That seems mm-hmm. to play the hero. So it, there's not as much pressure on goal, uh, Goldie or Ornato in that in that sense. But there's also just been timely hitting overall as a team. Not really the pitching because if you look at the games, I mean, yes, the pitching has been better, but it's not been like a, a playoff contender rotation yeah. right we're just we're just getting more runs than they are we're still letting up three four five runs mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean the the run environment is increased dramatically this year across the league so we oh, do yeah kinda i agree but yeah. yeah how we think about a good amount of runs to have given us <laughs> that'll happen over time but uh yeah yeah i mean i just i our pitching has been pitching well enough recently i just don't trust them to keep that up unfortunately exactly yeah knows i mean they sent genesis cabrera out he's part of the problem so yes he was that's one yeah and so let me let me just get to the, the question then i think this is kind of something that a lot of people have in the back of their mind right now you know, is this stretch actually bad for the Cardinals? Did this have uh, come to a bad time? Yes, they're winning games and stuff like that, but we are getting close to the deadline. 
put a change Mo's mind. OJ, what, what's your what's your mm. thoughts on this? Do you think this is an overall good thing no. or a bad thing? It's an overall good thing, especially in a sport of like baseball. I mean, even the number one overall pick is like not guaranteed to even be right. a star. You know, like so mm-hmm. I'm not excited about a higher draft pick that's gonna be two, three, four years away from probably reaching the the big league club still, uh, assuming right. they actually make it there ever. Uh, you know, I'd rather draft a little later and have our younger guys actually contributing meaningfully to a winning environment. Mm-hmm. So, Adam, what's your take here? I mean, do you believe that this is bad or good for the Cardinals? No, not at all. I think it's good for the Cardinals, honestly, because their spirits have been, you know, very, you know, down in the dumps. Honestly, they they have been, and so have the fans. And this is, you know, we haven't really gone through this as fans, you know, for a very long time. And so it's really been taking a toll on all of us, you know. And I think for those guys – like Arenado, it kind of felt like he just sort of was giving up. I mean, you heard it in his comments, like, you know, if I get traded, I get traded. You know, he just it kind of felt like, you know, if I'm not going to be playing for a winning team, I don't really care. You know what I mean? And that's mm-hmm. the that's the impression I, I got from it. Obviously, you can read it into it any different way you want. But the fact is, these guys obviously want to play for a winning team. And so the more you lose and the more you're, you know, um you know, finishing in last place in the entire league, you know, that's got to take a toll on these guys. So they need to win some, you know, to boost their morale a little bit, you know, even though they're not, we're probably not going to be seeing the playoffs this year, which, you know, we, we know that ship has sailed, but at the very least, you know, let's get out there and win on, you know, win on occasion, but I really don't think this is going to change, you know, the deadline. And if anything, you know, as far as trades go with the deadline, if anything, you know, maybe it'll help us a little bit, you know, because they see that, you know, these players are are performing and they would be, surging, you know, they have yeah. some value. Yeah, they're surging and they have some value that, you know, some of these teams may uh, be looking to add as well, because we obviously still have to make changes and we still have to pick up pitching. So we have to give up something good along the way. So we want to make sure that we have a good product that's out there uh, that we're advertising. You know what I mean? Yeah. And see, this is I mean, I went really back and forth with this one because, you know, in one way I can see it being a really bad thing. I think most of it's positive. So I I would say if for me, you know, if you had this, if I had to choose one way or the other without, you know, hesitation, I'm going to say this was a positive. But there are some negative things that I see out of this just for the fact that, again, it's technically not technically it definitely could change Mo's mind. I don't think so. And he's kind Mm -hmm. of been very consistent with what he is saying. But it could be also it kind of validates Mo a little bit. Right. So then he all of a sudden goes, see, this is the team that I thought we were going to be, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, well, all right, Mo, but you still aren't off the hook because we're, we're now at the trade deadline having to get for pitching, which you should have done at the beginning of the year. If we would have had that, pitching, yeah. we would have had a chance. <laughs> Winning five playoff, games you know doesn't mean? justify like, oh, everything's fine now. You know what I mean? You're like, still 10 games no, under 500. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. One start to the rotation probably doesn't keep you from being in this kind of situation, honestly. No, and you're right, OJ, because there's been so much other crap that they've dealt with, especially in the bullpen. But I'm just saying you don't know what that could have been. You know, you don't know what that could have changed. If say that all of a sudden we, you know, get a pitcher that flips their script and they're winning, you know, 90 percent of their outings that they're pitching. Well, you got to think that's at least one more win per like because there was a spell there that we had lost, what, like 12 out of 15. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so like mm-hmm. at least that's three more games right there. You know what I mean? Just using that as an as analogy um, that you could, you know, bet on having it wouldn't be as bad. At least we'd probably be, you know, 500, maybe like two or three games under 500. I don't think so, because I mean, most of those a lot of those games were given up by the bullpen. Like the bullpen's been terrible most of the year. That's a big part of the reason they're losing. Well, no, I definitely agree with you there. I mean, the bullpen has been absolutely atrocious. But, like, I mean, there was two outings in a row. For, for example, Jack Flaherty gave up six runs in the first three innings. Um, two different ones. Gonna, you know what I mean? So, and, and anyway. Yeah, we were at one of those games where he gave he up, like. going to not be pitching in the rotation, though. That's the thing. Like, they would have had him in the rotation in all likelihood, especially with the way Wainwright started. Right. And I, again, I'm just using this as a, as a point. I don't, I, I'm not sitting there saying that all of a sudden we're winning the central or anything. I, I just believe no. even if we had one good starting pitcher that we'd be closer to 500 than we are currently. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we would be closer. I will agree with you on that. We just disagree on magnitude. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. And that's true. And, you know, well, we all I agree that we need starting point. pitching. There's no doubt yeah, about it. I mean, sure. we all agree yeah. on that. Yeah. Especially because it, it sounds like given, Mosellac's press conference, it kind of sounds mm-hmm. like uh, they basically were doing what I <laughs> thought they were doing. Like they were trying to go with a more modern pitching approach and approach to roster construction, you know, not caring as much about defense and all that. And it bit them in the ass because they didn't anticipate mm-hmm. how big of a difference it would make to not have a just stud defensive lineup out there when your pitchers are pitching to contact. That's their mistake, and now he says they need to overhaul their system or reevaluate how they handle pitching development and evaluation and all that. So, exactly, yeah, and you know there's been a lot more, you know, errors on this with the Cardinals this year than there has been for, for what like four or five years it feels like. And it, it, to your point, OJ, we're in Adam. We've talked about this as well. We're so used to having like two or three Golden Glovers or at least nominees oh, for Golden Glove every Absolutely. single year. So yep. it's just it, it feels weird that right now the <clears> we lead that. <laughs> that, that ha- yeah, exactly. Um, the only one I see that is even in close to the nomination is still uh, Arnado. Um, so, you know, I, I don't think he's going to win it, but you know who knows at this point, right? He's still started for the NL in the All Star game. Who knows? Yeah, but a lot of that is name recognition too, and the fact that he's yeah. been around. You know, oh, I know. I'm not knocking Arenado, but he's he's been better lately. But as at the time he was, you know, he had a he would slump, you know, he was slumping. Yeah, yeah. I think that he even if you ask him, he would probably admit to it. Sorry, OJ, go on. Uh, I was saying like it. I mean, this last streak, it definitely feels like a team coming out of a daze. You know, (laughs) all of a sudden, you know, Arenado's making these great plays. You know, gunning guys out from beyond the foul line. Like, oh, wait, things are starting. Let's see how consistent. Yeah. Let's see how consistent we (laughs) actually, you know, can can be. Consistency is key, obviously. That'll score two more by Arenado. (laughs) It's my boy, Nato. Yeah, he's actually literally there lately. He's been swinging the bat very, very well. (laughs) He has. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) Literally happened as we were talking about it. That's funny. He's like, his his ears are ringing. Yeah. I heard you. <laughs> You're welcome. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, what was that? I just said you're welcome. Oh, he he went opposite field. Oh, okay. Opposite field gapper. Right. Oh. 
Oh yeah. See, that's I'm telling. That's when you know Nato is on. He's he's done that so often in this little stretch that he has been hitting well. Even before the All Star break, he's been able to get to that uh, that right center gap and has been able to drive the ball there. You know, that's a mark of a great yeah. hitter when you control and get into that gap because you know they're shifting in the outfield. So I mean, or shading at least. I I call that the Matt Carpenter. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Doubles for true. days. <laughs> All right, guys, well, let's transition here and talk a little bit more about the deadline. Obviously, uh, we got a little bit more uh, solidification um, when it comes to, like, who's going to stay. Um, I mean, it sounded, Jose Alex said that, you know, nothing is off the table, but he doesn't foresee Arenado or Goldschmidt leaving, um, which is obviously very, very good things. Um, but there's also been a lot of it sounds like uh, a lot of momentum to keep Tommy Emin here, to keep Nolan Gorman here. This is just, you know, rumors that are going around right now. Um, you know, Adam, we start with you. Who do you think's on, you know, the chopping block? You know, I keep seeing the like, Carlson and Flaherty and stuff Darryl, like that. Right? Dylan Carlson, I'm seeing his name. Uh, Flaherty, Montgomery. Um, those are all names that I've been seeing floated around. I know I've been reading, you know, one possible trade with the Yankees, which apparently was, uh, you know, a p- pretty big deal, you know, for Flaherty and, and uh, for Carlson um, in exchange for one of their pitchers, I believe, and uh, uh, for Bowden. And anyway, I think that those are going to be the names that we're going to see more than likely. I mean, unless there's some blockbuster deal that, you know, it's going to come out of left field, you know, no, uh, I, you know, that's what I'm saying. I don't expect any movement with Arenado or Goldie, especially considering they already have no trade clauses to begin with. I don't think that they want to move at this point. So, I mean, we'll see, but I I don't expect any yeah. movement with those guys as, as much as they were no. rumored before. I don't see them going anywhere right now. I think that yeah, we can build a team them. with them. I think we need them here to be able to build or continue to build our, our off on, on that as well. Um, mm-hmm. so I really don't see them really moving anywhere, but we definitely need some pitching, no doubt. So we're going to have to give up, um, you know, some of those guys in the process. So I've also even heard, you know, the teasers around Newt as well, but I don't know how realistic that is. And Newt does obviously have a high, you know, stock value. Um, but sure. I, I don't know if the Cardinals are going to want to let him go, obviously, of you know, course. OJ, what's your, uh. What's your thoughts here? I mean, is there anybody you know else that uh, you see is might be on the chopping block here? So I think I think there's two uh, pretty obvious pairs, right? You got Edmund and Donovan, and then O'Neill and Carlson. One of each of those pairs is probably going to be traded. So mm. <clears throat> I my gut says it'll be O'Neill and Edmund, and the reason for that is that those guys are both older, so they have more track record, more history, uh, and they have less control. But the point is, Tommy Edmond has put up a five-war season now, like a year ago. So, like, he's pretty valuable. You know, you play all over the place and Mm -hmm. all that. At the same time, Brendan Donovan is probably, he probably has a better offensive profile than Edmund does. And he also plays like a million positions, even though not the same, like set up the middle ones that uh, Edmund. Right. Same, same level. Yeah. But yeah, he's also very versatile and he hits better and he's younger and under control for longer. So they might prefer to trade Edmund and they might even be able to get more for him. 
and then uh, out of the reason I think O'Neal is simply because I think they're kind of done with him. And uh, mm-hmm. he, I think he's kind of done with the Cardinals. So it's one of those you might as well get rid of him. But uh, I don't know. The way <laughs> the way they treat Dylan Carlson seems kind of bizarre to me, too. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> so, is a good, that is a good point because they just brought – um o'neill back from his 60 day il as well and so that is going to create kind of a you know a conflict out in the outfield for sure with him coming back and so you know we're gonna especially with putting him you know potentially you know in the starting spot over maybe carlson so it'll be interesting so that definitely creates some sort of conflict there so i could see something happening no doubt that makes that's a very good point yeah, because they got a clear they got a clear room at those areas for sure. Yep. And if it's me, I'm looking to trade Burleson too, or possibly DeYoung. Of course, if you trade DeYoung, then you need to keep Edmund because right. I don't think you can just trade both of them and pray to God that Mason Wynn doesn't bust. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, you got to keep one of yeah. each one of those. Yeah, and OJ, I think that's good. I, honestly, I, I've said it before that I believe that DeYoung needs to be shopped for sure. At least the Cardinals need to be aggressive getting rid of him. He's a bloated contract that you don't need. Um, he's obviously not getting the playing time, really. I mean, he's, he's a DH, but he's also kind of on the rise. But last year, he was terrible. And by on the rise, I mean that he's just been hitting better as of late. So I think that has a higher profile. He might have a uh, higher value going into this deadline than he will say, you know, after the season or anything like that. Um, you know that Mason Wentz still coming. I would love to be able to keep, uh, or keep Tommy Edmond because, you know, he's still good. To, he might not be as good defensively, but he's much better of an offensive profile at least for the past two years than uh, DeYoung has been. Again, DeYoung's been hitting the ball pretty well. But the versatility also of Edmond really helps out. So I think that's a very good point, OJ. Um, I, I think that you're hundred percent right too about O'Neill. I think that O'Neill, I think he has better trade value with than Carlson in certain lights. And what I mean by that is the fact that he's won a gold glove, you know what I mean? So, and he's, I think faster had, than Carlson too. He's so. had an MVP caliber season already. I mean, right. it's because so maybe it ago. just needs to change. Yeah. yeah. People, I could see how someone would say, oh, well, this guy's got way higher upside than Carlson. They might value him more. So, exactly. Yeah. Personally, most, I like uh, Carlson. Speed and everything. I know O'Neill has a gold glove, but it's in left field. And he, mm-hmm. O'Neill is a def, an impressive defender for a left fielder, but Carl, he can't play center field. Carlson can play center field. So, that's why I like Carlson better. Yeah, and that's an interesting take. I do like the fact that, uh, you know, being a switch hitter, too, um, in Carlson, that is something else that adds to it. I don't know. There's something about speed that, you know, you can't you can't teach speed, right? That's the old analogy. So I like that that kind of versatility with Tyler O'Neill. that, you know, if you need a pinch rudder kind of thing, even if it's his off day. But at the same time, like, you know, I, I don't know. I think that Carlson has a better mindset right now, and he has more – Emotional attachment to the Cardinals, um, to your point that I don't think O'Neill has right now. Yeah, and I don't know. I've, Carlson seems to get hurt less than Tyler O'Neill too, but that's your point too. Yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting to see what this trade deadline, uh, you know, brings here for the Cardinals. Hopefully, we can get some trading pieces, and that Mo can kind of work some magic. Um, but we'll see how everything goes there.
Let's transition here to uh, some soccer and some big soccer news uh, with both uh, women and men's. Let's start with the women's here, and that is that the women's, or the FIFA Women's World Cup, is uh, upon us, and actually a few games have already been played. Uh, this is actually happening out in a combination between Australia and New Zealand. Um, so I think it was actually originally supposed to be in New Zealand, um, and then New Zealand's like, "Hey, we, we you know, we're not going to be able to host this ourselves." And so then Australia said, "Yeah, just you know, we, we'll help you out." I, I can't remember if that is the case or if there was like a joint bid or anything like that. But an interesting fact about this World Cup is that FIFA, uh, for the past World Cups, have always planned and had bidding done for uh, each of the uh, World Cups together, essentially, mm -hmm. from, from nations and then from like, uh, which we'll call it, uh, vendors and stuff like that. But because of all the push now for women, you know, be treated equal in the in sports and especially in FIFA, they have separated them out completely. So this one is completely separate than the men's. Um, so they're, it's pretty cool because now it's completely like its own thing and it doesn't have anything to do with the men's uh, when it comes to, you know, bids and all that stuff. So it's pretty cool. Uh, take a look at the preview here. They did it uh, just like, uh, and they've actually expanded it too, um, which is awesome. So now they have a full World Cup roster. Um and there are eight groups. Uh, so in Group A, you have New Zealand, Philippines, Switzerland, Norway. The second group, Group B, here you have Australia, Nigeria, Canada, Ireland. Group C, Spain, Costa Rica, Zamba, uh, Japan. Uh, group D, England, Denmark, China, Haiti. Group E, the United States, Vietnam, Netherlands, Portugal. Uh, group F, France, Jamaica, Brazil, Panama. Group G, you have Sweden, South Africa, Italy, Argentina. And Group H has Germany, Morocco, Colombia, and South uh, Korea. So it's pretty cool to see that they're having all these, uh, again, a full World Cup roster. Uh, normally, it, sure. it's been, um, you know, it's like eight less teams, essentially. So they're trying to get better yeah. with it comes to the qualifiers and everything. You know, so let me ask you just guys uh, going into this, before we even get to the previews, are you guys uh, going to be watching any of this? Or are you guys I actually watched this morning. I actually watched Australia and uh, Republic of Ireland this morning, earlier this morning. Actually. So, yeah. And my Irish, uh, my Irish lost. Yeah, almost, the, almost had the that, almost had the equalizer there at the end, very close. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the ninety fifth yeah. minute or whatever, but yeah, mm -hmm. it was a it, it was a good game, but yeah, Australia pulled ahead with the win, but yeah, I've been watching. Yeah, and good for the Aussies too. They're they're very good as well. For um, sure. And I've, quite a few family friends that, you know, live in Australia. So it's kind of one of those things, you know, I got to go for, for my kinsmen and, and the, the Irish. And I had a feeling time, you know, it, of the two. Yeah. That Australia, of course, yeah. come out of that one for sure. But yeah, anyway, yeah, I was kind of feeling, but yeah, well. it's been, it's been fun, you know, already starting to watch them. So, so I plan on yeah. watching. OJ what, uh, what about you? Are you going to be watching? I guess uh, I'll start now that I know about it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that is uh, something that does happen um, when it comes to the Women's World Cup. It kind of sneaks up on you because there's not as much uh, publicity around it, to be quite honest with you. Uh, the only publicity that women's you know, soccer has gotten lately is the uh, is the uh, all about the you know wage war that's been going on for it. So it, it's interesting. But, yeah, it's uh, just started. And I think our first mm -hmm. game is tomorrow, right? Tomorrow at 8 p.m. Central. I believe so. Let me check the time. It is 8 p.m. Yes, I knew it's tomorrow, but I didn't remember the time. But yeah, us versus Vietnam. I usually only watch yeah. Arnold. So yeah, well, you can watch tomorrow on Fox. Right. Cool. There you go. I will be so, watching. So, uh, 
let's get to some predictions here. And, um, you know, sure. I don't know if you guys, uh, I, I don't really watch, uh, you know, too much, uh, women's soccer. Um, but I, I, you know, I try to watch definitely team USA when they play, cause they are a lot of fun and honestly they, they'll, they'll stop most teams. So it's kind of like a foregone conclusion watching them, you know, but they are just so much, there's just so much talent on that. And sometimes it's like, that's how the men should play, <laughs> you know, just look at yeah. how like tech, like tactically they're so sound. Um, but you know how it is. Um, everything moves much faster and a lot more uh, experience and stuff like that, at least in, in the men's game uh, for, for the most part. Uh, let's take a look at it. So in Group A, let's uh, get to some predictions here. Group A, okay. we have uh, New Zealand, Philippines, Switzerland, and Norway. Adam, what are your two teams that you have coming out of that group? I think uh, out of out of Group A, um, I think New Zealand and the Philippines are going to be coming out of that on top um, over uh, Switzerland and Norway. I think they're pretty popular picks, and I that's who I'm going to have you know, coming out of that as well. Yeah, and I think that, you know, Adam, you're 100% that, you know, New Zealand has that high pick because obviously one of their hosting teams in the Philippines Absolutely. definitely looks strong. You know, OJ, um, you know, do you have anybody else coming out of this one? Obviously, you you said you didn't even know what's happening, right? Yeah, so I'm not well-versed on uh, the strengths of the teams or anything like that. Right. <laughs> well, no, uh, no worries there. I mean, uh, so for Group A, like the way – that I took a look at it. Um, I had New Zealand as well, but I, the Philippines look good, but I think Switzerland is, is going to be able to make a run uh, for it. Apparently the women's team has uh, been doing pretty well um, in the, like the, uh, the UEFA uh, qualifiers and stuff like that. So, you know, it's one of those things that it could be, it could be Philippines. Hell, it could even be Norway, right? You just don't It could know. be. Uh, well, it'll be interesting yeah. to see, um, especially, um, coming up next Tuesday because New Zealand's actually going to be facing the Philippines. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, who's a stronger contender out of that as well. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I, I want to see like, that's where I'm a little bit concerned as far as who, who's going to be the, you know, ranked number one, where I think New Zealand will probably be triumphant, but it'll be interesting with Philippines. So I'm going to be interested. Yeah, I'd be sure. definitely, inter- definitely interested in that game. So who do you have coming out of Group B? I'll tell you that for me, I, I definitely had well, Australia uh, for sure. Ireland. <laughs> See, this is the thing. So I went with an upset here. I went with Ireland and Canada. Really? Um, now that wow. being said, um, I didn't know that Ireland. Uh, again, like when I was preparing this, I, I'm going off of what I had going into it. So I thought uh-huh. Ireland was going to win over Australia, gotcha. but I had Canada as kind of like a wild card. I mean, they played very well against uh, the United States women's team the past couple of times they played them. So I don't know. Uh, I think that they have, they have a deep run in them, but they are in a very tough group. Yeah. I think Canada has a real, real shot at coming out of this for sure. But honestly, looking at Nigeria and Ireland, I think Australia is no doubt going to be, you know, uh, coming out of this, whether it's in the first or second. Right. Well, uh, who do you have in the next group in group C? Group C for me, um, looking at this, I would say probably Spain and hmm. I'm going to go with I'm going to go with you have Spain as well. I might go with it a little bit of an upset here and go with Zambia. I did. I don't yeah. pick Zambia too. I just want to. I want to see them win because it'd be fun. Yeah, country for sure. I think it'd be fun. Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, I think Spain's definitely coming out of it. There's no doubt. But I, I think it'd be yeah. cool to see Zambia come out of this as well. Yeah. I'm going to say Costa Rica. Uh, Costa Rica, yeah, that's a pretty safe bet, I think. Yeah. And Japan. Costa Rica and Japan. Yeah. Okay, interesting. Not having Spain yeah. coming out of that. Okay. Spain's going to get well, crushed. I mean, we'll see what ends up happening, man. Spain is uh, is a very good women's soccer team right now. So they're actually, I think, like number two in the world compared to the United States. But again, anything can happen in the World Cup. We've seen it. Sure. Absolutely. That's very interesting. That's the beauty of sport. All right. That is the beauty of sport. Uh, let's head to Group D. I'll go ahead and start here, guys. So out of Group D, I have England and China coming out of that group. I also have England, uh, but I have Haiti instead of China. Like a little upset there. All right. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But I definitely think England, but I, yeah, I'm going to go with Haiti. Yeah. I, I, assuming, different for you, OJ? I assume England has a studly soccer team for their women also. So I'll go mm-hmm. England. I'm just going to pick the Danes just for fun. There you oh, go. Denmark. There you go. <laughs> Some Denmark. Yeah. 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 Um, no one so <laughs> yeah uh what about group e i think everybody's gonna have one of those teams usa that's right yeah, absolutely like, can't, can't go uh, against usa even if they weren't the best team in the world yeah we're going with usa i mean they're they're looking for their three feet so you know let's go and i think uh out of that you're gonna have vietnam as well Ooh, vietnam choosing vietnam uh i got the netherlands what about you oj you know Portugal, actually All right. before either anything, I just like Portugal. So there you go. All right, yeah, Portugal does have a good women's team. I just think the Netherlands might be able to make a run. Who knows? Um, <clears throat> then we got uh, the Group F. OJ, you want to start us off with Group uh, Group F? Well, let's see. I mean, Brazil and France. Two big powerhouses, right? Yeah, I actually. I went against Brazil. I I, I definitely had taken France, but I have Jamaica. I, I don't know yeah. for some reason I have like a weird feeling about Jamaica. I have Jamaica and France, so I think Jamaica yeah. won, France second. That's my my prediction. Oh, they can geez. figure uh, out yeah. how to field a bobsled team. I figure they damn right. Probably... Let's go Jamaica. Cool running, baby. All right. Uh, what about uh, group uh, group? Uh, Gee, I'll start this one here. I got Italy and Sweden. I have South Africa and Sweden. South Africa is a very good team, actually. So I wouldn't be surprised. I have them probably ranked first and then Sweden. That's what I'm going to go with. Yeah, Italy, then Sweden for my ranking. What about you, OJ? South Africa, because that's where uh, Blome is from. That plays for yep. St. Louis. That city, yep. Italy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then the, let's go with the last group here, Adam. Who you got for the last group in Group H? Deutschland and Colombia. Yeah, this is exactly what I have, too. What about you, OJ? Well, I'll definitely take Germany and also Colombia. <laughs> yeah. We're all in like, agreement. It, it's, yeah, at least uh, for this one, I mean, like Morocco is an okay team, but those like Germany and Colombia seem to be the yeah. the two teams to beat for sure. Yep. When you yep. just look at yeah. soccer power, like, come on now. Yeah, I'm so. going Deutschland for sure on this one. 
All right. And then so I'll ask the very simple question here. I'll start with you, OJ. Who do you have hoisting the World Cup at the end of this tournament? USA. Well, that- USA. Did you need me yeah. to say it again? Yeah, I'll say it again as well for you, just to repeat. USA, right? And Adam, I'm assuming USA for you as well. Uh, no, we're going to go Zambia. <laughs> that would be good for them, right? Dude, that would be wild, wouldn't it? Freaking oh, Zambia oh, out of nowhere. I wonder what kind of odds are on that. You can probably I'll put I'll put five bucks down on Zambia, and I'm going to walk out with, like, you know, five grand. Yeah, no, I'm going to you. Right? I'm going USA wow. for the three P. Zambia, Zambia is not even uh, the worst odds. So they are plus fifty thousand. The worst odds to win this are Vietnam and the Philippines at plus forty five hundred or forty five or uh, four hundred fifty thousand. Jesus. Okay. What? Wow. So they you. 900k if you put two two bucks down <laughs> is that what that is what that would be i guess so yeah if that's the case i'm just gonna do it it's like two bucks what's the worst that could happen i mean yeah. people blow more money on powerball for a you know for a billion dollars you know right now yeah. jesus it's probably like a hundred down get you that pay <laughs> like i'll that. just say it well, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, so if a hundred dollars down, then you're blowing it. If you win, then I mean, it changes your life literally. Oh my like, God, Jesus Christ! That's what I'm saying, yeah. like that's forty-five million dollars. <laughs> we're taking a run at. I mean, well, there you yeah. go. It could yeah. happen. It definitely could. Probably not. For, or what was that? Not probable, was but it's possible, I guess. Yeah. So. All right, guys. Well, um, but yes, we all we're all going USA, Team USA. Right? Of course. Yeah. So I mean, how can you the, go against Team USA considering they've won the last two? Right. But here's my thing about it is like we all kind of have this expectation of the women's United uh, the the United States women's soccer team to be able to win every single time, right? And that's kind of the expectation, right? As we just said, for them to win it. But you know, for them to win it all here and to expect that every time is that fair? Is that fair for uh, for us to expect that every single time? You know, no. Adam, let's start with you on that. I mean, what's your thoughts on it? Not fair. I'm, of course, it's not it's not it's not unfair. Um, they're a great team and they have a consistent winning record. So the fact is, it's you know, we expect that they're going to do very well. Um, so I don't think that's unfair at all. Okay. What about you, OJ? Well, I think I don't think it's unfair. I don't think they would think it's unfair. Like they set a high standard, set a high yeah. bar. So, yeah. I mean, I'm, should I expect them to not achieve that? Yeah, and so here's my thing about it. Is I, I, I believe it's a, it would be – so, it's like, if if they lost and a lot of people would probably attack their legacy, right? Well, it depends on like what level, like, where you're talking about losing at. Are you talking about going to the final yeah. and losing there? Or are you talking about going out in, like, the first round? Like, they don't even qualify. You know what I mean? No, see, that's that, the thing about it. and. And that's the thing about it. I think that if they do not win, if they go to the finals and lose, let's say they lose to Spain, you know, the second best team in the world right now. If they lose to them, I think a lot of people will still look at them at this point as as losers that they failed miserably. I'm not saying I would be that person. I'm sorry. I don't think that, but 
Well, see, and that's what I'm saying. I, I don't believe that, but I do believe that there would be some naysayers around. How I, can I you? There, there might. Well, of course, there's naysayers of everything. But at the same time, it's like, come on, these guys won two cups in a row and then make it to a final. I mean, and then just losing one last game. I mean, you can't. Brady has worse odds yeah. than this. You know what I mean? And they, they go yeah, call like, him a goat, you know, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and you're not like, wrong. And it's, it's super hard to do because it's one game and you're done, you know? It, well, and yeah. So and to go to three in a row, three cups yeah. in a row, that doesn't happen. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's a good point. Um, You know, I, I don't know. So again, I just don't want that to be the case. And I really don't want there to be, you know, a giant pushback on, especially the equal, uh, like the equal pay and stuff like that. But, you know, we'll have to see. And speaking of the equal pay, let's kind of get uh, into that here. So I think that if anybody's been around um, just the sports scene in the past three to four years here, there's been obviously this huge push for women to be paid the same amount as men in soccer, right? Um, and I, I firmly believe that they they should be. Um, they have a better results than the men's, uh, you know, year in and year out. Um, obviously, the level of competition around the women's national teams uh, compared to United States is just not there, although it's it's getting closer. And it's funny because where all the rest of the world in the women's soccer uh, seems to be getting closer now to the United States, I feel the United States soccer uh, for the men's side is getting closer to other nations around the world when it comes to their level of competitiveness. Right. But I, I this is where I really struggle with it. Right. I, I look at this and I want this. I want women to be able to be paid the same amount, but at the same time, you know, one of these products makes a lot more money and the other one doesn't make as much money, you know, OJ, mm -hmm. what's your, what's your kind of opinion on that? I mean, obviously I'm assuming you probably believe that they should be able to get, you know, equal pay, but is that actually feasible to happen? Well, my understanding with, uh, so this is a little while back now that I'm thinking of, but my understanding was they were under different contracts compared to the men's team, like that they bargained for. Like they basically, what I remember seeing people saying was that the women's team had basically negotiated for a more consistent income, but with less incentive or less uh, incentives and stuff. So they can't, you know, right, more guarantees. Yes. Yeah, more guaranteed money, but less overall payout possible you know and the men's team went for the high payout because they all were making money in the leagues they play in for the most part you know they're <laughs> so they right. don't really need it so they just go for the big thing um so basically like it doesn't even make sense for them to complain about their pay if that's the case you know they that's what they bargained for but uh yeah it is interesting because that is one of the big uh, topics going into this World Cup was that FIFA announced just uh, pretty much like two or three days before the World Cup started that they cannot guarantee how the club that, you know, the nation, the nation essentially um, is going to divvy out any uh, tournament prize money. Um, they're guaranteed to be paid 30. Each player is guaranteed uh, to be paid at least 30,000. For the entire tournament, right now there are going to be players that will be getting paid more. Like I think the women's get paid uh, because obviously the United States um, has more money, but I think it's because of the way they allocate. I think they get paid a little bit higher. I, I could be wrong, 
Um, but I think they get paid like 50,000 or something like that. They could even be paid more. I, I don't know. Um, but when it comes to their prize money, the FIFA said that we have no jurisdiction about that. So like essentially we write a check to the nation like that wins it or whatever, and they can do with it how they, how they please, you know, they could give it all to the players or they can keep some of it and then give some to the players. Um, but it's, but it's, it's, a, it's a, the end of the day right is you have to look at the, you have to look at the total prize money though, for each. So, and, they were compl- and so basically the issue is is that the women as they were saying make like 25 cents to every man's dollar and it really looks at if you look at the pro- total prize money it literally equals that the total prize money for women's world cup is 110 million compared to a 440 million for the men so it's literally a quarter yes yeah well and that gets so, back to go ahead. You know, the whole economics of it i mean it really is uh, I mean, just because you're <clears throat> insanely talented and like the best in your field at something doesn't mean that it's going to make you money. Like, that's just the reality. You're right. Money. You have to take a look yeah. at total revenue. And I think that that's where you have to ba- you can base a lot of this on is like if you can prove out a case that says total revenue is this amount and the prize money is this percentage of that total revenue per se, and it's very unfair to the women, I can see their argument by far. But I think a lot of it does have to get tied back to total revenue, though, you know, and maybe yeah. some yeah, percentage it, to that as well. You know what I mean? To that way, at least and I it's think in the that, ballpark. Right. And I think that a lot of people don't understand that. They think that, you know, they look at it through one, like, you know, different colored lenses, uh, lenses in, mm-hmm. the, in, the, in the real facts. They believe that women's soccer and men's soccer bring in the same revenue, that they're just paying women less. And that's not the case here. Uh, you know, Adam, I talked to you about this, obviously, not terribly too long ago, but I got in this huge debate with this person on Reddit uh, that I'm assuming uh, is uh, a woman and a feminist about how they should be getting paid uh, more. And I, I said, listen, you know, I completely understand that they should be getting paid the same amount as men. 100 percent. I am not arguing against that. Mm-hmm. The argument comes from, is it fair to have the expectations to pay those uh, to pay all the women the same amount when then all of a sudden the league doesn't have enough money to run its 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 duties right when right. no one else is getting paid they don't make enough you know it one and I said you know you also need to not just put the blame on FIFA everybody always puts the blame on FIFA directly they need to put the blame also when it comes to the sponsors you know Coca Cola needs to be held more responsible for that as well of saying hey okay. I'm going to write you guys a check talking to FIFA. I'm going to write you a check. Here's a million dollars for, you know, um, you know, I'm going to give you guys in Coke products in money for the tournament, whatever. However, I mm-hmm. want it allocated 800, you know, or 80% over here for the men and 20% for the women. Cause that's how they used to do it. Now that they have separated them out completely, it's under completely different uh, jurisdictions. But at the same time, Coke is looking at their investment saying, okay, we know how many people watch the men's compared to the women's so we're not going to put all this money that we get to the men's the women's because it's not a good roi for us you know and i explained to the woman that you know you know every like what put you know what put apple on the map right it wasn't even macintosh pcs it was the ipod like once the ipod came out they had great marketing around it and you know people everybody had to have an ipod you know one of apple's main competitors is microsoft microsoft created the zoom but no one even knew what the Hazoon was, right? So if you were trying to, you know, be, if you were Best Buy, which one of those are you going to buy more of? You're going to buy the iPod because people want the iPod. They don't want the Zoom. 
You know what I mean? So it is, I'm not trying to like put down women's sport or anything, but or, or anything like that, but it's just the realization of it. You know what I mean? Well, that's why I said a little, take a percentage of the, take a percentage of the revenue and analyze it that way. I think it's going to be important um, because yeah. the fact is, is that if you're not bringing in the revenue, then you can't pay. And that's true like that of any business. If you work for a small for sure. business that or, or a failing business that's not making much money, the pay is just not going to be there compared to a large business that's being very profitable. You know, they can afford to pay their employees a lot more money. So I'm not saying that it's a bad product. It's just that the, the demand may not be there um, compared to right. men. You know, the fact is, but there's a lot of different perspectives of why there is a pay gap. But a lot of it, I think, has to de- comes down to revenue for sure. For sure. OJ. It and it looks like, like there's been some. There. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, sorry. <laughs> go ahead, uh, OJ. OJ. You had to say something. Oh. To that. No, I was just no, no, I was just agreeing with you. Okay, gotcha. I got you. Adam, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, I mean, but I know that earlier this year that they actually made a um, there was a judgment against uh them and there they had to pay like a lot of back pay from what I remember mm-hmm. um to Team USA um several million like 20 some odd million I forgot what it was I'm trying to find it back but anyway um. So they tried to equal it out. You know, they tried to make a, a an honest effort to, uh, you know, provide them with a bigger prize per se. Um, and they also have increased from like 2019 to now. They definitely have increased the prize pool substantially from what it used to be. I'm not saying it's there yet, but I feel like there have been some uh, movements towards trying to get in that direction i'm not saying it's gonna they're not gonna be able to snap their fingers and say okay like for like tomorrow it's not gonna happen i mean yeah i'm being a realist here you know what i mean well i mean but, let's be realistic here when it comes to the ticket sales i mean that you literally have the and I, I don't remember what it actually is but i'm just gonna say the equivalent uh, equivalent mm-hmm. of the president of new zealand that is pleading for people to buy tickets before the, before like the day of and the yeah. president of FIFA saying the same thing. Yeah, I saw that. And, yeah, basically, you know, and they're they're pleading with New Zealand fans like, do the right thing, buy the tickets, blah blah. You know, and let's face it, they don't have to plead for World Cup tickets. You know, whenever the men come over to town, because you yeah. know those tickets are are always bought up and they're very expensive, and they're you know they don't have to plead for anything. But anyway, yeah, I'm looking at the average it's, ticket price here, for example. Um, so like category one for an adult, the most expensive find for the opening match is 80 bucks. The yeah. cheapest ticket in category three is 30 bucks. So it goes 30, 50, 80, and that's for the opening match. And then of course those go down, you know, whenever they get to like, you know, for example, the, the group stage or yeah. whatever where the most like a random they go anywhere stage, from yeah. like 20 bucks 30 bucks 40 bucks for an adult you know so like these listen, tickets are, it's hell even at the final the final match the most expensive ticket in category one is 120 bucks for an adult you know what i mean yeah so that itself so, it's the ticket prices just are not there you know to justify I, 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 I always put it in this perspective right so um there has been in in St. Louis, there has been a uh, a La Liga and um, uh, and not Premier. Oh my gosh, uh, and Series A teams 
that have played against the uh, friendly here in St. Louis. That was Real Madrid versus Inter Milan. Mm -hmm. That was way back in the day, like 2013. They played in, it's still at the time, they were at Jonesdown, right? Um, and then the women's soccer team played an ex uh, expedition game here. I can't remember who they played, but they played at Bush Stadium. And then, obviously, just recently, the United States men pl uh, team played in City Park um, for one of the qual uh, qualifiers for the Concave right. Football Cup, right? Yeah. I took a look at some analysis here. So when I paid for my tickets for Real Madrid, I was in the upper decks because Again, this was in the dome. It was completely sold out, first and foremost. I was in the 400s, and I paid $120 to see Real Madrid, my team that I like in La Liga play. Uh, when I went to the women's at Bush Stadium, it was $10. I'm not even joking. Um, and we could have paid for closer tickets. Um, that would have been $50. That would have been like in the first couple of rows um, off the field. Um, but they were $10. And when I looked at the men's just recently, it, they were 50 to $80. So one of these things is not like the other, right? One of, I mean, obviously you have a, everyone goes to want to see talent and they want to see the best overall performance, right? I mean, that's why I like uh, you'll pay to go see uh, like a, a good actor in a movie um, compared to you know, a bunch of B actors you've never heard of, right? And that's where it's, where it's at. I paid a lot of money to go see Real Madrid play and I still went to the women's game, but no one's going to pay $180 to see them play, especially if you're well, yeah. you know what I mean? And and let's face it, men's sports are traditionally more popular because of that. They're more physical and aggressive, which appeals to, you know, to fans, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So it, it, as much as I want to, you know, but as much as I want this to happen where they're getting paid the exact same it's just it is what it is right now, you know, and until they can get some more revenue in and stuff like that. I think the way that it, it is is not fair as it is. It's the only way the business can survive. It, you know what I mean? You and the other thing is that point of view, too. And the other thing is about one of the reasons why I feel that there are men's sports are more popular is because the the, the great I shouldn't say that let's just say the vast majority of people that are viewing sports or going to sporting events, especially like this. I, I obviously there are a lot of women that do, and there are a lot of women supporters. I'm not saying there aren't, but there are a predominantly, I think a larger, uh, uh, viewership from men who usually watch men's sports that they get, you know, um, they, they look at that is, you know, something that they can kind of relate to. Whereas, a lot of men view women playing sports as little, you know, is they just can't, they're not connecting as often as what I'm saying. They can connect and they, they feel that men playing sports, they can relate to that versus more than women playing sports. And the fact is that men have a tendency to probably make up a little bit more of the, the fan population per se than women do typically in sports, you know? Well, and it's fine. So I'll, I'll, I'll quote Bill Burr uh, from the, his special at Red Rock, right? Why as a man, do I have to care about women's sports when women don't care about women's sports? Um, a prime example of that is my sister who loves basketball to death. Um, you know, she wanted to be a basketball player, played varsity all four years of her high school career. Um, she went to a lot of camps, including with Jason Tatum's camp. Uh, I believe she met him too. Um, you know, so she she loves the game. But when she watches the game, it's the NBA. She doesn't watch the WNBA. 
You know, some of that has to do with the fact that the games are more readily available for the NBA, but it's just because of the fact that it's the NBA. That's where you know you're going to have the uh, you have a lot more action, so to speak. You know, yeah. seeing people do Im- improbable things all the time. Not to say these women are not talented. Not to say that they cannot do it because they could kick my ass. You know what I mean? But there, there's it's just a difference between the two competitive levels. You know what I mean? For sure. It's just a more popular thing, and that's when it all comes down to it. Yeah. So, you know, and it's not saying that that's sexist because it's a more popular product, but it it, it is what it is, you know. Yeah. Well, definitely, as you said, it is what it is. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and switch here to uh, uh, off of the uh, Women's World Cup here and obviously their pay issues and stuff like that. And let's talk a little bit about uh, the League Cup that is going to be MLS and the La Liga, uh, the Liga, excuse me, not La Liga, but MLS and Liga MX. Um, so for anybody who does not know, this is the tournament that's going to be happening uh, between the MLS teams and the La Liga MX team. So the La Liga MX is going to be the uh, equivalent, uh, like the, uh, the Mexican equivalency of um, of uh, the MLS here. Uh, they they broke it down kind of weird in the tables, right? They have the West, they have the North, they have the East, and they have the Central. Um, in the West, they have, uh, I believe, how many groups? Two, uh, three groups, right? Yeah, and then four, uh, three groups, four groups in the Central, four groups in the South, and four groups in the East. So kind of crazy that, you know, the, the West is going to be a little bit, I guess, lighter, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, the way it works, too, is the last uh, Liga MX team that won, which was uh, Puchana, uh, they get an automatic buy, so they will be in the next round. And the same thing with MLS. So that is uh, Los Angeles FC, who last year beat Galaxy, if I remember correctly. Um, and so those guys are all uh, all in. Then they seeded a bunch of uh, teams based on how well they did uh, last season. And then there's unseeded teams um, that are for – for the MLS teams is like teams that didn't make the playoffs. Um, and obviously St. Louis city. Um, and it's, I think the same thing with, uh, the La uh, Liga MX guys. Um, so what's your expectations going into, uh, the, the league cup here? Do you think this is going to be exciting? OJ, we'll start with you here. I mean, are you looking forward to watching some of these games? Yeah. As long as, uh, St. Louis is winning. I would be watching. (laughs) (laughs) It will definitely be exciting because um, if you haven't heard as well, uh, Lionel Messi will be making his debut in the League Cup as well on the 21st, which is tomorrow, actually. Um, So I know the ticket prices are ridiculous right now because everybody wants to see Messi. And this is his big debut here in the U.S., so. Yeah. And it's interesting too. So uh, I think that they're the way they're doing it. I don't know if they're they're playing these at um, at neutral sites or they're not. I think they would have to be playing these at neutral sites. But anyways, um, I know that Atlanta, for example, um, it, it plays on turf, and Messi, who has never played on turf and has always said he will not play on turf, uh, has requested MLS teams to change from turf to natural grass. Um, for at least the games that he's playing in. And it sounds like a lot of MLS teams are going to uh, bend over for him and allow that to happen. But Atlanta said, hell no. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but how does he get to decide that in the MLS? Yeah, I don't believe that. I'm telling you right now, I just read an article about it last night about that. When does is he how does he get to decide that? <laughs> 
Yeah, what? that's what I'm saying. Because I mean, I know he's well, messy, the, but he doesn't mean shit right now to some other team. I mean, I can understand in Miami, but like if I'm St. Louis, I'm just saying, you know, like if I was St. Louis in that situation, I'd be like, no. And what are you going to do about it? Yeah. And Not play. I'm, I'm OK, you, great. That's even better for us. And if you don't play, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, like, it, <laughs> you know? it's better for you in the fact that you have a chance of winning, but it's also bad. Yeah. that You could be missing a giant jackpot in revenue from people, you know, buying tickets for your for that game. Well, St. Louis already said you don't show up to St. Louis with a messy jersey either. So St. Louis yeah. is pretty much hard. Well, no, I, a hard pass on Messi right now. We can fill the stadium I without Messi how, right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't need I him in St. Louis. No offense. That, that <laughs> That literally made it onto USA Today, by the way, and that was uh, the headline. They're not allowing them into the stadium. I'm like, you guys are dumbasses. It's well, the they're stadium. not allowing them in the, was, in the the supporter section. section, and that's a standard a for, portion of the stadium. Exactly, and and if and that is the standard across the board. You know, you can't go into this in the supporter section representing another right. team. A hundred percent. That's so absolutely a no. You just blew it out of proportion. I thought that was the stupidest thing. Yeah. But whatever. No, but the fact is, is that St. Louis can be like, yeah, we don't really give a shit, and like, you know, we can fill the stadium without you, dude. So anyway, just saying, not to be a little cocky towards Messi, but you know, what what, what are you gonna do about it? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But I, I don't know, man. We it's, don't need uh, you, bro. Crazy. <laughs> right. So we'll see what oh. ends up happening. Going okay. That's real. <laughs> I, I can't he, believe I that. It was real. That's no, unbelievable. I, like, I couldn't believe. I mean, I'm sorry, but I I, I kind of lose respect for somebody that's literally that's I gonna agree. be acting like that. I mean, that's shitty. Like you're gonna Great, do dude. it my way. I mean, that's such a douchey move. Like I get it that you don't like turf, but tough shit. Like you know, yeah, gonna, well then you suck like, as a imagine, player. Then you know what I mean. Like yeah. learn to adapt. You know what I mean? Well, like, like I'm not saying so that Messi like, oh, sucks as a player, but like, bro, it, like it, it is what it is, you know? Yeah, like you chose to come here. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I'm like, sure a lot of people hated to come to St. Louis, and we were on turf as well. But you had to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like you had a choice, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, and so like, no, I'm not gonna play the Rams in St. Louis. They have turf. Okay. <laughs> like, Best. what the hell? <laughs> It's ridiculous. Anyway, well, think of all the money that it would take to get Atlanta to have natural grass in their in their stadium. Right. Where were you going to get I'm that? Atlanta, and I tell him to like, kiss my ass. I'm like, all right, yeah. Messi, you going to write us a check? <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Oh man. Flies to Argentina to play. Jeez, Louise. Anyways. Anyway. Well. Yeah. I don't give a shit all about right, Messi so right now. Then screw him. Let's take a look at the uh, the preview here. So I'll just go quickly through it on the tables uh, of what it is. So in the West, um, there are uh, three divisions, and the top two in each of these divisions uh, goes on. So in West 1, you have Portland, UANL, which is uh, one of the Mexican or the Liga MX teams, uh, San Jose. West 2, you have Real Salt Lake, uh, Monterey, and Seattle. Uh, West 3, you have LA Galaxy, Lyon. And Vancouver uh, in Central One, you have Columbus, uh, America. So not United States of America, but there's actually a team called America. And unfortunately, Club America is one of the best in Liga MX. And the reason why I say unfortunately is the third team in Central One is St. Louis City. In ours, um, yeah. The good news is I believe we can beat Columbus. So it's like that's the only thing I say about well, that one. Uh, I looked it up, and I think that uh, Club America is actually like 12th in the Mexican League this year. Like they're having a 
rough time. Yeah, but I think it's because of injuries. Um, and I also believe that they got a lot of their players back because they've, they've been on break for a minute. Um, but oh. like just you, I'm sorry. I said, oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, it's, it's not like, a, oh my God, like th- this team is what it was. But just looking at like their history, for example, they have the most final appearances. They have 23 of them. Most appearances in the, the uh, playoffs, most runner up finishes of 10, and also the most wins um as well um they also won a concafa giants cup they've won two copa inter uh interamericana cup so that's between mexico and the um some of the leagues like in argentina and brazil and stuff like that so i mean they, they've won quite a few um i think they've won six copa uh copa Mac- uh, so like liga mx cups essentially um but they're they're a good team and a lot of people have them as a potential favorite uh to win it not uh win it all um so who knows you know, at this point, but yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, central two uh, is the next group and that's Minnesota, uh, and it's, uh, Publa, um, in Chicago, uh, then central three, uh, Cincinnati, uh, uh, Guadalajara and KC, um, central four, you have Nashville, uh, Toluca. It's T O L U C K. Yeah. Toluca. Ed Toluca. Toluca. Okay. And then uh, Colorado. Um, in the south, you have south one, you have Austin. Uh, you have uh, Masarazan and then Juarez. Uh, <laughs> south two, you have Orlando City, uh, uh, Santos, Laguna, Houston. South three, it's Miami, uh, Cruz, Azul, uh, Atlanta. South four, you have Dallas, uh, Nexa, and Charlotte. East one, you have Philly, Tijuana, and then uh, is it Puerto Rico? Tor- Toro? Puerto Toro? Oh, I'm looking at you, Ali. Puerto Rico? Gotta put the emphasis on the E because it's got the accent. Guito. That's what I'm saying, OJ. I know you took Spanish. I took French. So <laughs> this is. I took American. At, you took Pre- German, and we know it. Sprechen uh, Sie Deutsch. Anyway. Yes. Uh, East two, you have Montreal, uh, UNA, uh, UNAM and DC. East uh, three, you have NYC FC, so uh, New York City FC, uh, Atlantis, or Atlantis, excuse me, Atlas, uh, Toronto. Uh, East four, you have a New York Red Bulls, Atletico, and New England. So a lot, a lot of teams, obviously, that are in this, but it's cool because it's going to be all teams are going to be included. Um, oh yeah. But there's quite a there's quite a few more teams in MLS compared to uh Liga MX. There's 18 in Liga and in MLS there's 29. So, let's get uh like a few predictions here before we mm-hmm. uh, sign off for the podcast here. OJ, I okay. want to start with you. I mean, you know, OJ, I'm assuming that you got uh you got City, but is there anybody else that, you know, you feel that can make a deep run for this? Uh, well, guess Club America. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's see. I mean, otherwise, I guess maybe LAFC. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. Let's see. I don't think. Uh. Is Cincinnati in this? Yes, yeah, Cincinnati is in. Yeah, this. they're in there. Uh-huh. Uh, oh yeah, there they are. I'll go ahead and put them on there. Almost certainly not Sporting Kansas City. 
No. Uh, no. Not at all. Not so much. Not so much. <laughs> they're going to so embarrass much. the MLS is what they're going to do. <laughs> stick, with, yeah. uh, stick with football, Casey. Yeah. Right, the exactly. Football. The, the other, other football. football. The yeah. other football. <laughs> the other yeah. football, exactly. Hey, so, Manny football, not the yeah. David Beckham football. Not the football. I'm not football. too familiar with the Mexican teams, but I know they yeah. tend to better so probably plenty of them will make it through that i didn't mention so <laughs> yeah that's kind of the way i looked at it as well was you know yes there's more mls teams i do believe there's a little bit more quality in liga but from what i've been reading too is liga is like very top heavy so like the first like top four teams are like absolutely phenomenal and then everybody else is kind of like muddling so to speak but who knows what that comparison is with mls now you know <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Adam, what, what about you? Who do you, uh, who do you see uh, coming uh, out of this? Yeah, I definitely say Club of America as well. Um, LA, uh, Monterey. Um, yeah. Monterey is pretty good too. Yeah. I was going to say, uh, the, the Tigers, which the UA, UA and L the Tigers. Um, yeah, that'd be like my top four. Yeah, I mean, we kind of uh, everybody's kind of hit on, you know, everybody that I had. The only one that I can maybe say maybe an exception is Seattle, um, but I, I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a crap. Yeah, Seattle has uh, a chance. These teams. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I see more, honestly, like I, I think that the I think that the city is going to be able to make it past the group stage. I see them maybe winning their first one. I don't really see them winning their second after that. Um, they're not going to. They're not going to be able to not be able to get it that very far, unfortunately. I don't think. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, we didn't. We also said that they're going to finish worst in the MLS, and here they are leading the West. Yeah. The East. Hear me wrong. So, I would love that, but at the same yeah, time, the West, Tigers are. The but at the same time, the Tigers are also, you know, like one of the, you know, the um. I'm sorry, not the Tigers. They're facing America. I, I, meant, I meant to say them. America, Club America, is also like one of the top predictions, like, you know, to win. They right, have the exactly. best odds, per se, to win. Yeah, so it's going to be good, very, very hard. Yeah, if they don't have a, a good a good game against Columbus, then, you know, it's going to be really uh, world hurt. They have to win against Columbus, I think, to Absolutely. To That's a must group. win. And then against America is going to be very, very tough for sure. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Should be fun. That um, happens here. Um, actually, I think it, that it starts tomorrow. Um, yeah, I was gonna say we have a lot of uh, we have a lot of soccer, but it won't be MLS soccer for a little while. So we have um the League Cup and then also the the Women's World Cup. So a lot of mm-hmm. other soccer to be watching for a little while. Yes, sir. Gonna be fun though. Yes, indeed. Um, we'll see. Yeah, you know, thing continues and we'll uh, we'll go from there. All right, guys, uh, let's head here to our sign off. Um, Adam, why don't you tell the good listeners here what our socials are and how they can contact us and keep up with the show. The great listeners of the hometown losers can, of course, hit us up on Twitter at Twitter dot com slash hometown losers. That's L.O.U.S.E.R.S. Um or you can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash the hometown losers. Give us a like comment on our, um, our post. We'd love to interact with you as always. Um, yeah, we, uh, 
we love we love our listeners and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let us know what your expectations are for Team USA. Uh, what are your predictions as well going into both these soccer tournaments? Because um, obviously there is pretty much anybody right now that can win. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens out of that. Uh, sure. OJ, what do you have for your game of the week? Uh, I'll go with uh, City against Columbus on Sunday at 6.30 p.m. For the yeah, uh, game match of the... As we just mentioned, League's Cup basically a must win. Whoever wins this game will advance, and the other one almost certainly won't. So, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Indubitably. So that's, uh, yeah, indubitably. Uh, so that's on Sunday uh, at 6.30, right? Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yes. All right. I'll probably be trying to watch that somewhere. <laughs> Let's get a watch party going. Yeah, I'm going to be watching it for sure. Yes, sir. All righty. Uh, well, gentlemen, as always, it's great talking to you guys. It's, it's still unbelievable to me that we, you know, we're on session 30, but and uh, at eight months uh, doing this. So here's to the next eight months and the next 30 sessions. So uh, we appreciate all the listeners as well, um, helping us keep this going um, and having, a, you know, again, a lot of fun listening in uh, or li- getting the feedback from people as well, too. So I appreciate that. So check us out next week here on the Hometown Losers podcast. Have a great night, everybody. This is OJ, and I wanted to thank you guys for listening to the equivalent of three dudes sitting at a bar talking about sports. We'll catch you next week on the Hometown Losers.